0: Hey guys, before we get started this week, I just want to remind everyone to head over to our updated website. Go to fwfoodstories.com, that's fwfoodstories.com, to check out blogs by Fort Worth Foodie, Eat This Fort Worth, Catherine Sasser, and John Bunnell. They will each be posting a new blog every month, so to stay up to date with that, give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on each at at Fort Worth Food Stories. And then finally, the last thing I'll ask is that you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes. This really helps us expand our audience to more people. So if you like the podcast and want to help out, that's an amazing way to do it. All right. Thank you, guys. Enjoy this interview with Johnny Tran.
1: You can cook Italian food vegan, you can cook American food vegan, Vietnamese, Japanese, Korean cuisine, African cuisine. With the advances and vegan food, all that stuff is actually pretty readily available for us. It's it's really not to, that hard to find like a good vegan sour cream or a, a good vegan parmesan. I like to give back as much as I can as well because obviously I'm incredibly grateful for what the community has given to me. So every time I meet other vegan vendors, I'm always open to collaborating with them, you know.
0: You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to another episode of Fort Worth Food Stories. We are back this week with chef interviews again. Uh, We had our six-part series, in case you missed it, looking at uh, different things in the kitchen and, and really what to look for in a restaurant and all that kind of stuff. But we're back this week with some chefs. This week I'm joined by Johnny Tran, a.k.a. The Corndog Guy. You've probably seen him all over Fort Worth, Arlington, and Dallas especially. Johnny, thanks so much for coming on today. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me, James. I'm yeah, excited to be here. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be doing this. So let's start at the beginning. Um, you study mechanical engineering at UTD, and you were doing some teaching at 1.2, I think. Uh, one of our, our chefs was telling me. Yeah. How, how did you go from that into the food industry?
1: uh yeah that that's kind of a crazy story but basically i was um i was doing a lot of non teaching and i i was volunteering up in oregon and at the time i just went uh vegan right before i went so i was kind of having a re-exploration of like you know food culture overall yeah. and you know oregon's famous for its you know farm to table kind of culture there and i kind of really got to you know, submerge myself in that culture just by teaching over there. I wasn't even over there for food or anything like that. I was literally there just for a nonprofit teaching opportunity. I got to work with a lot of really cool people, and uh, I took, like, some cooking classes with a few different chefs just for for the fun of it. And, you know, uh, part of this nonprofit was that I had to, like, you know, produce snacks for little kids for classes that I was teaching. And um, while I was out there, a lot of the people I met just really liked my cooking. All my office mates and stuff like that just – enjoyed what I had to make and you know, I just you know, at one point they even offered to pay me to like pack them lunch when I packed myself lunch <laughs> and stuff awesome. like that. You know, if there was a potluck, I basically was doing all the cooking and like everyone else just brought chips. Like I was basically catering to tiny <laughs> tiny little parties here and there. So I figured, you know, when I come back to Dallas, why not get this a try? But before I did I wanted to make sure, you know, I did it right. So I went and uh got myself a position as a line cook at VEats and Trinity Groves, and after like you know a good year and a half solid um, you know experience there, I kind of moved on and you know started my own business essentially
0: and and it's really cool and it's an awesome jump to go from teaching to let me just get my hand in the kitchen to let me start my own business and if you don't mind me bragging on you for a second here you're 24 years old you're the youngest person we've ever had on the podcast so I I just think that's awesome I mean coming from you know I'm I'm 24 years old as well um, I like to see people my age doing things that are just really really cool when I think a lot of people maybe want you to play it safe in your life and yeah you, you know what was what was your support level like
1: um Difficult, actually. It still is. (laughs) Yeah, no. Because um, it's basically like, you know, I think uh, I'm in a very special position because I tapped into a a market and I shouldn't even say market. I tapped into a community that was just so ridiculously supportive. I think it's something about the vegan movement. There's so much more to it. You know, there's kind of like an emotional drive. People generally want to see more small young vegan businesses uh, succeed essentially so you know when I first came out there and um, and I did my soft opening and people showed out people really wanted to see us succeed and I think that's just one of the biggest things
0: right there that's really helped us and, and you've called it a, a vegan movement, and I like that. Yeah. You know, do, you, do you think that it really is a movement, or do you think it's a trend that's going to kind of die off? Because there's been almost like a meteoric rise in terms of people that are going towards vegan and vegetarian-type diets. Um, do you think that's going to taper off, or do you think it's just going to continue to grow? I think
1: that's a really good question, and uh, to be 100% honest, I, I generally think it's a movement. And I think the reason why it sets itself apart from trends is the fact that it has – more inherent values to it because the thing with a lot of food trends are is that in itself they're just food trends whereas the vegan movement like you know naturally has a lot to do with food because it's about what you consume Mm -hmm. but you know most people who subscribe to the vegan movement are more about a cultural mind shift you know people are more in it for the you know environmental sustainability you know and um Animal rights liberation, you know, like the keto diet doesn't really have that kind of motion behind it because it's more just about like, oh, I want to lose weight. So I'm going to stop eating carbs or eat more of this or eat more of that. It's not about that, you know, because and also the vegan, it's hard to, you know, trivialize the entire movement as a trend because there's so many different things. And a lot of people ask me all the time, like, oh, what do you cook? And I always say vegan food first, but I always immediately follow up with, you know, but it's can't really just say vegan food because that's not really a genre of food in itself. You know, you can cook Italian food vegan. You can cook American food vegan, Vietnamese, Japanese, Korean cuisine, African cuisine. So it's like you're never like it's not one type, you know, it's not like, oh, all vegan food is low carbs. Like there's you can essentially be any type of chef and just happen to be vegan as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting way to put it, and I've never thought about it in that sense that, you know, vegan food is really all-encompassing. It does, you know, yeah. it, it's not really a, the best term for it, maybe, because um, you can do all different types of food in there, and your food that you've chosen to, to go with is is corn dogs, yeah. and that, to me, i got to be honest, I am a little bit skeptical. I've never, I've never tried it before. yeah. Which is uh, understandable. (laughs) Yeah, and and so, you know, what was it that made you think vegan corn dogs is is the right option?
1: Well, the first person I have to credit is um, our co-owner, Javier Enriquez, essentially. It was his uh, initial idea that we should do corn dogs. And I think a big thing about it was just, you know, kind of tapping, trying to actually stray away from the stigma of the fact that, you know, vegan food is vegan food. We wanted to just make Good fair food at the end of the day. When we make, you know, when we put ourselves out there, we don't go to like festivals or markets to compete with other vegan vendors. We go to compete with the other vendors, and that's our goal. And, um, you know, the big reason why we kind of went behind the corn dogs is mostly just because it was a food that we found that we can really knock out of the park. You know, we we put a lot of thought into it, and it's something that is really familiar, yet can be very different at the same time. Because, you know, surprisingly, no one, i've actually done like a lot of google searching no one's doing like gourmet corn dogs i think there's only like two or three businesses i actually found on the entire internet which is and it's a big place Yeah. <laughs> you know that actually like we're doing things with corn dogs it's like you know you have a billion different types of like gourmet hot dog places you got people doing like hot links and sausages and then you have like there's like 10 different thing, types of meat you can put in a hot dog bun and then 50 different types of buns and then like 30 different types of like you can have a Pizza dog, Chicago-style dog, New York-style dog, chili cheese dog. It, the list goes on, but surprisingly, no one's done that with corn dogs. Yeah. And it's – I don't know. I just thought that was interesting because I'm all about – and it's a food truck business, so it was all about being really fast, convenient, and incredibly niche. So I wanted to do something that, you know, had this, like, wow factor to it. Like, when you picked it up and you were like, wow, that, that looks really, really cool. And I don't know if you've seen, like, the food or not. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. looked at the pictures or anything on our Instagram. But, you know, we really like to – surprise people yet you know it's familiar enough for them to order it because if we had done something like really high concept even if it was like easy to pump out of a truck you know there comes to a point where there's like a disconnect and then like the average person wouldn't be comfortable ordering it you know because like you can you know someone's had chili and cheese and someone's had a corn dog but to put them together surprisingly not that many people have had that and so it's interesting and Familiar at the same time and new.
0: So what what are the options that you have on your menu right now?
1: Right now we have, I think, four or five corn dogs. So we have our classic corn dog, which is, you know, basically your regular corn dog with ketchup and mustard, which is awesome. That's actually pretty much a fan favorite. People really – we worked really hard on getting, you know, the recipe down. Yeah. You know, to a to a science, actually. Like, I, I worked on getting the corn batter alone for, like, six months with, like, three other chefs. Like, I <laughs> wanted it to be perfect, you know, so it's really – you know, that's really So you're really out of
0: hand in that whole recipe making process. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. for
1: sure. You know, and then um, the next one is our queso dog, which is a house made um, queso that we uh, you know with green onions on top of the corn dog, and then we have a jalapeno cheese corn dog, which is um, our house made queso again with jalapenos, onions, cilantro, and sour cream topped on it, and then our uh, one of our best sellers is the elote dog which is our corn dog with mayonnaise, butter, chipotle corn, cilantro, Valentina sauce and Parmesan, which is essentially a lot like Mexican style street corn, but on a corn dog the kind of inspiration behind that is, is like, I just love Mexican style street corn. Yeah. And then like I wanted it to look like the actual like corn on the cob, except when you bite into it, there's a corn dog in the center. So that's cool. yeah. So that's kind of what we were going for. And then the flavors ended up matching perfectly because it's a corn batter with corn toppings that's our best seller people really really love that one and i i I think it's fantastic i never get tired of that one and then we have a barbecue bacon wrapped corn dog and it's a soy wheat uh bacon uh we wrap it around our corn dog and then after that we top it with barbecue sauce um spicy brown mustard and green onions and we are constantly rotating specials i mentioned earlier we're doing like a chili cheese corn dog we'll be doing that up at our official grand opening in september and, uh, yeah, we're just going to be constantly pumping out different specials, whatever that like, comes to mind, you know, whatever w- with my business and any, any business, and I think any kitchen, I think a really good mindset to have is that, you know, best idea at the table wins, you know? So I wouldn't like, you know, if a line cook comes up to me, he says, Hey, we should do this. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: that's cool. Yeah. I, I think that's what I found pretty much from everyone that we've had on the podcast is that the people that listen to their cooks and listen to their staff are the ones that are the most successful. So Yeah, if there's,
1: like, anything to learn from any, like, this entire podcast at all, that's, like, the number one thing <laughs> is, like, listen to the guys making the food, you know. Take everything with a grain of salt, of course, but really they, they always have something to say.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the thing that I'm kind of curious here is, you know, you talked about having cheese and bacon and mm-hmm. uh, Parmesan cheese and sour cream and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Of course, obviously, it's all vegan. Yeah. So I think the the hitch in there that makes it kind of interesting for you guys is not only do you have to make the perfect battered recipe, yeah. but you also, it seems like, have to probably work really hard to find the perfect vegan cheese and the perfect vegan yeah. sour cream. So, you know, how, how long was it from idea of concept to, like, proof of concept, basically, at the end?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it took us a... It really was just the batter, you know, getting that batter down for like a good, like I said, six months because, you know, I didn't, you know, and even then I, when I thought about the idea, I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. Like I know how to, at the time I worked at a restaurant, at VEATS and, you know, they use, everything's deep fried there. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of deep fried stuff. So I figured, I can figure this batter out in like a week. And then (laughs) I realized like, oh, I need to throw a liquid into a deep fryer and then come out with a piece of bread. Like, and I'm not a baker. So I was like, oh, this is actually really difficult. So the hardest part was really just getting that. After that, you know, doing the toppings is actually came natural to me, because that's, that's the fun part for me, you know. I, like, you know, if I get, you know, everyone who's a line cook knows that, you know, when you get bored, you kind of make, like, a bunch of really cool in the back that's yeah. not on the menu or whatever. And that's always my favorite part is just coming up with really cool, crazy toppings. Like, I, you know, I used to make burgers. and I used to do all these crazy things. So it wasn't too difficult, actually. You know, uh, we do make our own queso in-house. But a lot of those other things, with the – you know advances and vegan food all that stuff is actually pretty readily available for us it's Mm. it's really not that hard to find like a good vegan sour cream or a a good vegan parmesan you know i i find it that the more um simple that you're trying to find of a product that's and it's vegan the easier it's going to be only difficult when you try to get like something that's like I think the only thing that's, like, really not out there right now is just, like, a filet mignon steak at yeah. this point. It's, like, you can almost find anything that's vegan, and it's actually going to be pretty damn good, to be 100% honest. It's, like, the only thing you can't get yet is, like, a raw flesh cut of steak yeah. that you can cook medium rare. But even then, there's,
0: like, good vegan beef burgers that you can actually cook
1: medium rare, and they're, mm-hmm. they're damn good. Yeah.
0: I, I just, like, listening to this. I'm thinking, man, that sounds so good. You know, all this, like the especially the elote corn dog uh, for sure sounds amazing. Yeah. I think I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this like, man, I got to go try that food truck. But the hang up is always going to be, we're in Texas, we want real meat. Yeah. You know, I want my Texas State Fair corn dog for sure, uh, that kind of thing. So, have you seen that people have had trouble with adapting to the concept? And how do you go about convincing people to try your products?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, yes and no. And I think it's, um, a big thing is more just – that that has to go down, like, how you market the brand, you know? We don't call ourselves the vegan corn dog guy. Yeah. We just call ourselves the corn dog guy. And we approach it with the authenticity, authenticity – whatever. Uh, <laughs> we just want to be authentic, essentially. And we approach it with the mindset that, you know, we're just here to make good food. And I think people believe that when we put that kind of foot forward. Yeah. And I think people trust us when we say, like, you know, we're here to make good food at the end of the day. And we advertise ourselves like any other restaurant because – We don't want to be bogged down, you know, as just some niche food truck. We want to be known as, like, we are one of the best corn dogs. Vegan or not vegan, we think we make one of the best products out there. And that's, like, kind of how we approach it. And I think just having that mentality alone, I think, like, you know, your audience can kind of sense that.
0: Yeah.
1: And and we don't go to – you know, we've done a lot of vegan events, vegan markets, vegan festivals, but we've also done just as many stuff – Outside of the vegan market, you know, we've been out in Deep Ellum selling, you know We've been to like Bishop's Arcade, and we always do great there, you know, yeah. people just want good food at the end of the day and when it comes to Stuff that's like more simple like I was saying earlier, it's kind of easier to get away with It'd be different if I was trying to sell like burgers. I think there'd be a bit more There'd be a bit more pushback. I think I could still push it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah Because you know, there's a lot of really good vegan burger joints out there But is just one of those things where it's like I think uh, also it, it was such a really choice selection doing the corn dogs as well because people, strangely enough, the standard is actually kind of low. Like I think like the only people, yeah. yeah, like the only businesses people can compare us to is like QT and Sonic. Like no one has gourmet <laughs> corn dogs out there, so it's like at least there was that you know that disconnect as
0: well that was easy for us to kind of overcome. I, I think that's a pretty good point because I'm more than happy to go to a baseball game and get a corn dog because I'm like, ah, it's just a corn dog. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when I go to a baseball game, I might not want to get a burger because you could get a burger here or there. So I think people in their minds do have that, ah, it's just a corn dog. But it sounds like with your place, you might be kind of changing not only the vegan food scene, but the way people view corn dogs, (laughs) which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, there, there's that culture of like,
1: I, I was born and raised in Dallas, and there's this, there's this culture I've always been fascinated with about the state fair being just completely crazy. You know, yeah. you hear about all those like blue ribbon competitions for like whoever has the craziest food, the craziest deep fried thing. Like they have like deep fried beer and yeah. fried, deep fried Oreos that are like stuffed with like ice cream and other <laughs> like nine other billion things. So it was like, to me, that's why I wanted to kind of approach it too. I want to take something really simple and essentially make it gourmet. Yeah. You know? Uh,
0: so, what what would you say the vegan scene's like here in DFW? As someone who was born and raised yeah. in Dallas, uh, how have you seen it kind of change over time?
1: Uh, it's it's been growing really rapidly. I would say even in the past three years alone, you know, I would say it's it's incredibly strong, which is shocking for you know this tiny little you know for a city in the middle of Texas yeah. here. But uh, yeah, no, like I actually went around and. You know, I I've done a decent amount of traveling in my early twenties around the states, and I went to, I've been to Chicago, DC, and you know most of the what's called East Coast. You know, went out to parts of California and Oregon, and I was expecting to be blown away because I was like, oh, they're gonna have so much better vegan food, and I was surprised. Like a lot of the, a lot of the Dallas vegan scene is really strong here. There's a lot of really good stuff, and there's more and more stuff popping up. I gotta like, you know, I gotta rep, uh, I gotta rep my city. There's a lot of, there's yeah. really a lot of good. People here making good, authentic food. That's just vegan, you know.
0: Yeah, my my cousin works at the uh, Spiral Diner in Fort Worth. Yeah, that place and, is fantastic, and it and that place is always packed. I yeah. mean, you go there and it's an hour wait to get yeah. in, and and so there clearly is a market for mm-hmm. it. And there's a lot of people that eat there. I mean, I'm not a vegan, but I'll yeah. go eat there myself. So. Um, I think I think it's really a pretty cool market that you got yeah. going, and uh, something you said earlier that I, I kind of want to bring back to that—that um, that was pretty cool as well—is that you said, you know, vegan food. It seems like you guys kind of stick together, and there's there's almost like a fraternity in there yeah. that you're not, you know, out to. Best all these other vegan places and no, stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's pretty cool, and, and it'd be interesting to see if it stays like that in the future. Do you expect competition to pop up in the corn dog scene, or do you think you've kind of cornered that market? Um, I'm I'm always open
1: and ready for competition. You know, I I've, I've been expecting it really ever since like the you know the first day I even had this concept. I yeah. was constantly looking for someone else that was possibly doing <laughs> like vegan corn dogs, but you know, you never know what to expect. I don't foresee any particular competition in the really near future, but I, I like to always think that I have competition regardless or not you know yeah if there, if that's actually there just because I like to keep myself on my toes and you know just keep myself honest and keep my uh, food r- really with a lot of integrity essentially I just want to work with integrity at the end of the day yeah. yeah yeah especially and and then one of the our biggest goals, for the corn dog guy is because every every everything I do is a project in my mind because just that background in engineering. So like every project needs to have a goal. My biggest goal for the corn dog guy is essentially get into the state fair. So I will forever always have competition because yeah. you have Fletcher's right there, you know, because like I said earlier, I'm not here to compete with another vegan business. I'm here to compete. Overall, you know,
0: I don't want to be the best vegan food truck. I want to be one of the best food trucks. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's a great goal and a yeah. great way to approach it. And even just further proof of that, I know that you had a collabor collaboration with uh, Zonk Burger, which yeah. is here in Fort Worth, vegan <laughs> vegan burger uh food truck how did you guys connect and and what was it like to have a food truck collaboration where you're you know kind of sharing um i think what did you do like one special menu item together or something
1: yeah so basically we just kind of mix our 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 menu items like she uh the owner of zonk burger aaron she has like a uh she has these zonk fries which are like it comes with like a zonk special sauce and a uh, caramelized onions roasted mushrooms and parsley and we figured like oh we should do like something together we should just merge our food so we had yeah. like all her top all like her signature toppings on just one of our corn dogs and uh the kind of way that came about was essentially i was just um you know with the corn dog guy basically we're, we we kind of had a little like most startup businesses it's it's a roller coaster you know it's difficult it kind of goes up and down and we had our uh, a little bit of low moment earlier this year uh it was kind of intentional though but basically we were on a rented truck we never had our own food truck we were renting one and then you know after that the success that we faced after that we were like let's definitely do this full-time so we kind of closed up the doors we got together the whole team and we re-strategized and basically figured out how we're going to get open full-time whether it needs to be working with different investors, doing you know x amount of festivals or something like that to get ourselves off the ground, so we can finally get our food truck and be open full time, and I'm happy to say we will be at that point finally in September.
0: Yeah, do you have the exact date on that?
1: Yes and no. Okay, but we're just I will, waiting. I will the, make yeah. you say it on the podcast. yeah, but <laughs> basically expect to see us you know sometime in September. But uh, basically, I was just trying to figure out what's the easiest way to make my food you know basically it was the easiest way and i figured like if i worked with another food truck maybe they can help us out and that we i just wanted to see what zonk burger is all about because i i I love all their food and i just wanted to support other vegan businesses that's that's something you know like i i have a very like i like to give back as much as i can as well because obviously i'm incredibly grateful for what the community has given to me so every time i meet other vegan vendors i'm always open to collaborating with them you know like Mm -hmm. i went to a I went to an event just this past saturday and i met you know a bunch of vegan vendors this you know one guy was doing all these amazing fruit drinks and he goes by fruit caves on instagram and i was like oh like we can easily collaborate i can just sell his drinks off my truck and i always try to keep that collaborative mindset on you know because yeah. it's also just like a business mindset of like outsourcing too it's <laughs> like yeah like because it saves me an extra like three hours of how to make, like, maybe, like, 20 gallons of lemonade or something. Yeah. Uh, same thing with, like, I, I've met people who make vegan ice cream. Shout out to AJ Scoops. So there's just, like, I'm always trying to think about how can we all just work together, essentially.
0: Yeah, and, and part of that collaboration, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but yeah, sure. I think you use a, a fully vegan kitchen, right? So uh, that's where you prepare all your food, and I'm sure you work with other vegan vendors there um, as well. So where is that kitchen, and then how important was it for you to find a fully vegan kitchen? So, uh,
1: actually, slight correction. So, our kitchen is not... Our food truck is where we're going to be prepping all of our stuff, and that's 100% vegan. We lease a commissary out of Dallas right now. It's not 100% vegan kitchen, but we don't necessarily... But I don't want to... I want to make a very um, strong distinction about the fact that we don't use anything that's like touch meat or anything like that. Like for example, uh, my, my prep is actually stupid easy. You know, I just show up with a cutting board I do a lot of chopping. So like all those toppings, like I said, onions, jalapenos, cilantro, it's all fresh chopped. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily need to be done in an inherently vegan kitchen. All of our batter is made. Um, you know, it's just making batter. You're just mixing ingredients essentially in a giant tub and then you mix the tub down. All we use all of our own equipment and then, you know, we don't cook any of the corn dogs there we cook them on site yeah so you really don't ever need to worry about us using any non vegan products i know that's a concern for some people like oh you did you bake that in an oven that's been baked in meat or whatever yeah. or vice versa and we 100 percent do not like art like when we go and prep we literally use a table and that's it uh-huh. yeah, that's so. I,
0: that's great and i think yeah. probably a major selling point for a lot of people more than um, you might even think with uh, yeah with, with that kind of stuff so yeah that's that's great um You, you know, you said you do a lot of the prep work, chopping up stuff. Um, How many people do you have working with you?
1: Um, Usually it's just me, but every now and then I'll have, like, my little sister coming out and help. Uh, Okay, cool. Yeah, because at the end of the day, this is, like, a small local business. You you know, you get your friends and family to help you out. I would say our team kind of, I don't have an exact number, but our everyday team is around five people deep. And then when we do events, it's always going to rotate people, you know? Yeah. Until we get, like, open full-time, we have regular set hours, it's hard to have anyone fully employed full-time. Makes sense. So mostly it's me, my co-owner, Javier Enriquez, and then uh, my little sister and her friend Taylor help us out. So it's just mostly us. And then we just get an assortment of different, of our really, really close friends who are very talented in the kitchen to just come and help us out when we actually do have an event coming up or something yeah. like that. Yeah,
0: and again I just love that it's, you know, you're under 25 and already have your own food truck and you're working with other people under 25. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's I think been... I very cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely was very hard. That's like one thing I gotta say is like you, you gotta, my biggest thing is you gotta get help. Like you can't do Everything by yourself, and trust Mm -hmm. me, I have tried. I'm like almost broke my back last week (laughs) trying it. You really got to get help, and that's the biggest thing. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for any of my key investors, or even like you know, small investors, or any like friends or family or anything like that. Like it's truly just about getting a community behind you to support you, and then just being grateful that they're there, giving back to community, and then like you know, just not being afraid to ask for help. Okay. Yeah, I would. I would not. I would not be here at this age yeah. <laughs> at all by myself. Yeah,
0: that's another good point to make and, and definitely true. And, and that's how I feel about even just having this job that I have yeah. is I wouldn't be here without a support network that yeah. you know, helped me find it and, and, and yeah. vouched for me and, and all that kind of stuff, sure. uh, which is all really important. So um, kind of impressive to me is that you've already done – you know Multiple events uh, In Dallas You've done Events in Fort Worth I think you did Fortress Festival uh, Yeah we were year, there At right? Fortress Festival It yeah. was a lot of fun I that bet was- man I, I went to Fortress Festival Not this year But last year And it was great And the food scene was fun And yeah. um, you know You probably get to listen To the music as well A little bit so. Yeah
1: we basically Like all my guys Basically got a free concert we were, It's great We were having a pretty good time
0: <laughs> How would you say That that food scene The event scene And stuff differs Between Dallas and Fort Worth Or is there even A noticeable difference Um I would say
1: that there is somewhat of a noticeable difference, and I think the bigger one is the fact that, you know, you can find just as many, like, cool festivals or markets to work at via Fort Worth or Dallas, all within, like, the same sizes, you know. Like, Fortress Festival was huge, and that was in Fort Worth, and there's just as big festivals in Dallas. You got Jambalaya out there that I could have worked. I think it's one of those things that the biggest distinction is that I think Dallas has multiple festivals that are – more vegan though as well okay so you know like we shoot to do vegan and non-vegan events alike you know because we love being that one vegan vendor yeah and the crowd of like you know all like all these other non-vegan vendors because then you you find these flock of vegans coming to you and they're just like so bright eyed and they're just like oh thank god you're here like i have (laughs) nothing to eat here so like but uh the biggest thing is that i think dallas is at least event scene is more vegan-friendly. Like, there are actually all-exclusive vegan events, multiple that we've done, and most of them have been all in Dallas. Yeah. Or at least, yeah, essentially Dallas. Like, you could count... I count Plano into that and all those other okay. t- little cities closer to Dallas.
0: And I wonder if, you know, I talked to you five years from now, I wonder if that'll have changed or or if maybe that'll stay the same, but it seems like Fort yeah. Worth is kind of trending more in that direction as well. I
1: would hope so. You know, I, I think it. it's really just a few key players. That's, that's the biggest thing. It's not like anyone... You know, like everything that's happening is really just other people like me. Yeah. It, that's all it is. You know, everyone, all these, I think like maybe like four or five new, like actual vegan brick and mortars have opened up just in the past like year alone. And like all of those guys, I met them. They were doing the same thing I was doing. They were setting up in booths and tents somewhere, somewhere. Like it's just, like I can't stress that enough. It's really grassroots. Yeah. So it like, it's hard to predict, you know, five years from now how's forward it's going to look and i naturally just because i have a very optimistic, optimistic mindset i would say that it is going to grow but you know it's all just about like a few key people just kind of rising up and just you know getting something done really
0: yeah and so is that your goal is to end up at a brick and mortar one day or are you thinking you might want to just stay with the food truck scene
1: i would say um, yes and no so with how i like i said earlier i see everything as a project Corn Guy is a project to me that I'm very passionate about, but I plan on doing other projects as okay, well, cool. you know, so I'm working on uh, like, you know, and all these projects are different. It, I can start a project with the mindset of being like complete owner, like this is my baby. I start a project as like a collaboration, like for example, I'm actually working on getting a, um, there's this really popular vegan uh, food truck chain down in Austin. They don't have a location here in Dallas, and I'm actually working with them to get a location brought up here. Very cool. So that's something that we're doing, and you know, I, I definitely see myself maybe at one point in the future, like oh, maybe I want to do this type of restaurant, or I want to do a bar, or I want to do this type of kitchen, and it it all depends. Like even outside, I'm already doing a few things outside of corn dog now. Guy now September first, I have my favorite, my first chef series. I'm doing a, a kind of a premier chef night in Plano. With my brother T uh, Tran, and we're gonna be out there cooking uh, kind of Asian fusion food, maybe kind of like a mixture between Japanese, Korean, and Vietnamese. Okay. Uh, 100% vegan, and we'll be out in Plano doing that September 1st. So there's always you know something else. You know I definitely want to keep corn dog guy alive as long as possible yeah you know if it gets like grandfathered into the state fair or something or maybe I got like three food trucks Roman you know, DFW or maybe even down in Austin or even California I don't know like I, I keep I keep my options open and but I I wouldn't say I would ever plan on getting corn dog guy into a brick and mortar okay I don't think that's it's I don't think that's the target okay you know
0: for that yeah, goal, I think that makes sense, yeah. And it sounds like you know, if this is the first time people are hearing about you and hearing about corn dog guy, it sounds like they might be hearing a lot more from you in the future, which is, is pretty cool, so, yeah.
1: I've been, I've been like somewhat quiet in the scene, you know. I kind of yeah. like even then, like corn dog guy has been out for almost a year now, but even then, I haven't even, like, I was kind of hiding behind there. I'm trying to get myself out there now yes. as Johnny Tran of the corn dog guy doing all these
0: other cool things, mm-hmm. too, definitely. Well. Congratulations on your success so far. It's it's Absolutely, yeah, really awesome. That. Yeah, um, can you tell everyone where they can find you on on Facebook and Instagram yeah, of and course. all this stuff?
1: Yeah, so you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at yeah, it's real simple at the Corn Guy. Okay, and that's it. And we will be launching a website soon. Should be the Corn Don't call me on that. If you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, though, you can find out. All the information and updates about when we're gonna be, where we're gonna be, and you know what times we're gonna be out there.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I'm definitely gonna come try it. My cousin's a vegan, so I'll bring him along as Fantastic, well. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll definitely give it a taste test, and, and maybe I'll report back on this podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really uh, appreciate being here.
0: That interview with Johnny Tran was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu, that's csftw.edu, or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427. And finally, you can check them out on social media to see what's going on daily at the school, at Culinary School of Fort Worth on Facebook and Culinary School FTW on Instagram.